Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. I'm just checking in on you, just seeing how you're doing. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing better than me, because I'll tell you what. I will fucking tell you what. I was old fucking Billy Blues. Last two days, man, I was just fucking sad. You know? You ever just get like, you don't even know why you're sad. You've been burying it so long. You don't even know what the sadness is connected to. Wow, jeez, Bill. I put this fucking podcast on to feel better. Where are you going with this? Oh, I'm going into the muck and the mire. The mire? Um, yeah, dude. And I was... I did something that I never do. I just sat in it and kind of wrote it out, tried to figure it out, as opposed to doing what I've been doing my whole life, which is like, oh, I'll just go do stand-up. I'll fucking go play some drums. I'll learn how to fly a helicopter. Yeah, that'll do it. Just just think about other stuff. Don't think about what's bugging you. So I don't know what it was, just some sort of leftover shit. And uh, it was one of those deals where I still had my slippers on at one in the afternoon. (laughs) Which is funny on two levels. One, that I still had on slippers at one in the afternoon. And two, that I wear slippers. And I do. I have the oldest fucking pair. I don't even know why. You know, I just, every time I think of throwing something else, I I just picture all that shit in the fucking ocean. I'm like, where is this going to end up? In the ground? Or out there in the water. Like, why should some porpoise have to deal with my old slippers? Why do fish have to deal with any mistakes that we make here on land? It's, it's you know, I understand other animals. Like cheetahs and pigeons and all of that shit. It's just like, you know, you share this with us. Okay? You had the ability to overpower us and kill us back when we were in the caves, and you didn't do it. You fucking blew it. You had your opportunity to put us to bed, right? But what did all the predators do? What did they do? Just like a bad football team, they let us hang around. And all of a sudden, we were still there in the fourth quarter. Just sat there as we figured out fire. Ah, we'll get we'll get to killing those fuckers. These uh, prehistoric wildebeests are too goddamn delicious. And they let us fucking hang around, and now look at us. Running wild. There's only one predator left that can take us out. And that's Mother Nature. And she's been sleeping on the couch for fucking centuries. And I think she's finally starting to wake up. And we will see what happens. So anyway, so I have slippers, people. I don't know when I got them. I don't know why I had them. And I was just sitting there in bed being sad. I don't want to practice French. I don't want to play my drum. I don't want to fucking do anything. I just stayed in it. And um, somewhere around 1.30, I was just sitting there going like, all right. You know, I'm never getting this day back. So this is what it's going to be. Why don't we have a little victory here? There is a bunch of shit in your sock drawer that is not socks. Why don't we clear that out? And I started doing that, and then I moved on to my underwear. I started feeling better, and I moved on to my underwear drawer. I got, you know, I had those fucking, some old boxers in there, you know, where the, the band starts getting all, like, all bunched up and wrinkled, like it's had enough. 
It's had enough big meals. You know, it's done the job. It's held you junk long enough and just like, all right, guys, you know, put me out to pasture. It's, it's ready. It's ready to retire, right? Like the great Tom Brady. Um, so fucking sifted through that, you know. And I don't know, I just started feeling better. Next thing you know, I had a few things to do. Started moving around or something. So I'm going to kind of do a combination of that. See if I can work my way through whatever the fuck my problem is. Um, but I mean, I'm not like, you know, clinically depressed. You know, like those people that can't even get off the ground. I, I fortunately don't have that. And it's just like this overwhelming, like melancholy every once in a while. And it's like, what am I doing? I don't know. What, what am I doing? the fuck am I doing what is this all what does it all mean right I'll tell you what's hilarious is my son woke me up this morning 701 in the morning he can now get out of the crib I got to put pillows all the way around his crib we have like a monitor so at night when he goes to start doing it we hey 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 you know we can talk to him lay back down he goes okay He's fucking, he's at such a fucking hilarious age. He's hilarious. You know, I put him to bed the other night and I said, all right, good night, buddy. And he goes, he goes, all right. He goes, he goes, night, night, sweetie. (laughs) Because that's what my wife says to him. He said, good night, sweetie. It was hilarious. It was like he was breaking my balls. All right there, sugar. All right there, sweet tits. I'll see you later. Fucking laughing my ass off walking out of the room. Um... So anyway, talk about cheering you up, right? So he came into the room this morning. 7.01 comes bursting in. He should be in bed for another half hour, but now he knows how to get out. He also gets out of his sleep sack. He doesn't even have to, like, unzip it. It's like fucking Harry Houdini. I don't know if he separates one of his little shoulders, how Harry used to. I don't know how he gets out of it, but the bag is just sitting there. Like he, he, the, the sleep sack, like he, you know, took on a, a, a different form. And just stepped out of it, you know, like I got left behind or something. That's how it looks. Pass fire right next to it, sleep sack on the ground, and he's in my room, 701. And I hear the door open. I'm like, what in God's name? What's my daughter doing up this early? And I hear, the, I hear that dun dun. dun, 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 you know, those little feet running up to bed. And I'm like, all right, my daughter does not walk like that. And I look, open my eye, one eye, and I look over, and he just goes, Hey, Dad. <laughs> like it was two in the afternoon. French toast? Dad? Dad, French toast? And I'm like, in a little while, buddy. I'm still sleeping. And he goes, oh. <laughs> and that's it. Now I'm up because they get into bed. And no matter how big the bed is, they're going to be right on you, pushing their feet into you the whole time, breathing loudly. So it's like, all right, I guess we're up. And uh, I went downstairs and I started slinging the French toast. Um, anyway, so that was my morning. Um, took my daughter to school and all of that. And then I came home and uh, I was feeling the cold coming on. So I didn't go to the gym. And I was like, all right, you're trying to take time off, Bill. Because I was like, oh, I don't have to go to the gym. Huh, let me try to. I'll go fucking do this. I'll fucking do that. I go, no, why don't you just fucking actually try to relax? 
and fight off this cold. So I go, all right, that's what I'm going to do. And I sat in that bed, and within 40 minutes, I went from completely denying my feelings to being neck deep in whatever the fuck is wrong with me. And I'm just like, how high up is this going to (laughs) go? Is my head going under? What is going to happen? And yeah, that's it. I sat there for three and a half hours. I watched, um, I'd watched a Burt Reynolds movie with my buddy the other night. I watched um, Sharky's Machine, which I loved when I was a kid. It came out when I was 13 years old. And I went back and I saw that. So I was like, all right, I'm going to watch another Burt Reynolds movie. How do you lay off a Burt Reynolds? Now, somebody else was telling me that their favorite movie that Burt Reynolds did was Hooper. So I was like, I love that movie. And I saw it when I was a kid. All right, let me, let me go check that out. And uh, I watched that one. Um, you know, Burt Reynolds, Terry Bradshaw. How do you lay off that? I will tell you this, though. Having watched a lot of Burt Reynolds' work, he was a really great actor. And I just feel like they didn't use him necessarily the right way all the time. You know what I mean? They always had him in these these sort of, like, comedies and stuff. But I prefer him way more in, like, Deliverance, Sharky's Machine, um, Boogie Nights. I liked, I, I love that side of him. I mean, I, believe me, I love Cannonball Run, Smoking the Bandit, Hooper. I still love those movies, but I really like the ones where, um, you know, when, when Sharky's Machine came out, they asked him what the move, to describe the movie, and he called it Dirty Harry in Atlanta. <laughs> so... Um, you know, and it's kind of the best of Burt Reynolds where it's like you get the humor, you get the action, but then it's also like this really serious story and you get to see him like, you know, doing like, I don't know, more like a grounded role rather than just driving some car fast and fucking going over, you know, doing the Dukes of Hazard jumps, which I love. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's kind of funny that those movies just kind of went away. Like, when was the last time there was a good car movie? You know? Like, I was talking to a buddy of mine about Burt Reynolds, and he had me dying laughing, talking about, like, dude, I wanted to be that guy so bad. Like, he was literally, like, the benchmark of what being a good-looking guy was for, like, this 10-year period. And, uh... I got to tell you, as a ginger, looking at Burt Reynolds, it's going like, I, I ain't ever pulling that off. <laughs> I mean, who didn't want to fucking look like that guy? Jesus Christ. Um, but I also think that's another thing that kind of pulled me like into the sadness, going back to that time in my life or whatever, like all that, you know. You know, that weird shitty childhood where it was like awesome because you didn't have any bills and you were free, but then there's all the other bullshit attached to it or whatever i also like what i do like about like when I, I i saw sharky's machine and then i saw um what's this what was the one i saw um the michael mann movie thief with james Kahn. what i love about that early 80s era is it was such a bad era for american cars and watching them try to get a cool car for for the lead because that was a big fucking deal back in the day what kind of car is this guy gonna drive um was i felt equally as important as as the 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 actor you know what i mean you know what did steve mcgarrett drive 
you know, in Hawaii Five-0. What's he going to drive? All the way through the casino movies, the um, um, Bronx Tale. What's Chaz Palminteri's character going to drive? Yeah, that's 67. I think it was 66 or 67 Cadillac. That candy apple red just backing it down the fucking street. Oh, my God. I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm in. I'm fucking in. I wish they would do that more. I wish two-tone paint, different colors, and better interiors would come back. Um, those infinite options. I just saw a guy, he had a fucking Dodge uh, Challenger. I don't know what year it was, but it was fucking badass. It had the, ga- the, the gas cap. First of all, it looked like the gas cap alone looked like it weighed like fucking eight pounds. And it was sitting on top of the left rear quarter panel. Um, which I thought was badass. I mean, that's to have it there is badass, and then also to have it behind the license plate. Like, that's what I remember from being a kid when they were, like, running out of gas and all of that, allegedly running out. It was literally a gas shortage. Think about that. 50 years ago, they, and everybody was in a panic that they were going to run out of gas, and I was saying to my grandfather, there's going to be no gas by the time I learn how to drive. And, uh, you know, the speed limit, they kept dropping the speed limit. The speed limit's going to be like 35 miles an hour. I remember him smoking his pipe going, oh, no, Sean, they'll never, they'll never drop it down that low. And he was right. He called it. He fucking called it. Maybe another reason for my sadness uh, that I fell into this week is because there's something about that week between, that week off between the AFC and NFC championship games and the Super Bowl that reminds you you know, that there's there's only one football game left. It reminds you what your weekends are going to be like. This weird thing that happens for the rest of uh, February where you deal with no... Uh, what the fuck is this thing doing? Okay, not now. Sorry, not now. It's these goddamn fucking messages. You know what kills me about these fucking computers and phones? I mean, I can't make them do anything, but if I brush up against it, there's like 20 commands come up. You know? Like, if you just sort of brush your keyboard and your, your home screen, all of a sudden, all four things go to the corner, like every window you had open, you're like, how the fuck did I do that? It's like miniature golf. You send it through the windmill and it goes down the screwy thing and it goes into the hole. You could never do it again. Well, maybe you could. It's miniature golf. Who's kidding who? Um... Anyway, but then you get March Madness and then you get the uh, the NHL, NBA playoffs or whatever. I don't know. What does that say about me that if I don't have sports, <laughs> specifically football, that all of a sudden I am laying in bed on a random Thursday with my slippers on at 1.30 in the fucking afternoon. Um, all right, let's stop being a sad sack and let's fucking bring this around. Let's bring it around. All right, it's the first 10 days of the month. So this is where old Billy Detox kicks in. No cigars, no coffee, no sugar, none of that shit. Um, I did have an espresso today just because someone made me one and I didn't want to, they didn't know. And I was like, I can't let it go to waste. You guys are like, ah, you fucking asshole. I, I had to admit it to you. I was going to sit there and be like, look at me. I can just not do it. You know, I came downstairs you know, my lovely wife had made it for me and I came downstairs because the coffee cups she got me, the espresso cups, were, they could fit two shots, but they're really small. But the, 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 um, the coffee maker that she got me, 
you know, the spouts go out both sides and the cups were too small. So I had to put a bigger cup down there, but I wanted the little mob boss one. So she got me the bigger ones. So she was showing me that. I was like, you know, I can't drink that. She goes, oh, I just want to show you that was in the bigger cup. So I was like, well, I got to go downstairs and look at it. And once I looked at it and smelled it, I was like, all right, I have, are you going to drink that? And she hates espresso. So I was like, all right, well, this is just the one. So I'll add another day at some point. Whatever. Fuck you guys. I'm trying, okay? <laughs> um, I am also, uh, I'm going to get back to doing some stand-up. I haven't done stand-up in a few weeks. Maybe that's another thing bumming me out. But uh, I'm going to start doing some stand-up around town. I got a whole bunch of new shit because I've been out um, living a life here and uh, having a good time until this afternoon. Um, I'm going to fly tomorrow. And tomorrow, my goal is there's a couple of airports that I'm really intimidated by uh, soloing into. So I'm going to do that. There's a few that I've wanted to go to for a long time. Like I wanted to go to Santa Barbara. But Santa Barbara is this whole fucking thing where once... You start flying up the coast. You got to get on with the approach. And then there's this whole way they bring you in. And they get really, you know, they get really like uh, prickly if you don't know what you're doing. The bottom line is they just sort of yell at you. Right? <laughs> Did I ever tell you guys when I was first learning how to fly? I, I, I learned how to fly. This school doesn't exist anymore. It was down in Long Beach. There's a great airport down there. Um. And I learned how to fly there. So I was doing my first cross-country solo. And cross-country sounds like you're going all the way across the country. You're not. You're only flying like, like I think it's like 20 nautical miles. And you have to, but you have to like either set down off airport or, you know, do an approach at an airport for it to be able to log it as cross-country. So I'm fucking doing this thing. And uh, you fly out of, Long Beach. I remember, oh my God. I remember I was starting the helicopter up. It was a little R22. It was in the summer. It was in June and it was hot as fuck. And I didn't leave the door open and I was all nervous and shit. And the fucking, it just kept getting hotter and hotter inside that bubble. And uh, of course I make my radio call and I did it on the ground too when I was still on the ground and, you know, to get clearance. And the tower told me to hold. So I'm holding and I'm sweating and there's an instructor with a student in a helicopter behind me to follow me, to help me out in case I get lost, I think. And um, not like they could do anything if I had a problem. But I knew that they were sitting there. And then finally I got the clearance and I just fucking yanked uh, the collective, which is the uh, the emergency brake. And dude, I just shot up in the air. And then I was like, I was bucking a Bronco for a second. And I just had, to, you know, for half a second, I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? It was only for like a split second or whatever. And I just went to myself like, all right, just fucking calm down. Get your shit together. So, and then I started taking off and that air started coming into the cabin and I was able to relax sort of, right? So now I'm flying. You fly up North Downey, then you might make a right on, still remember this, 91 East. So then I got out and then all of a sudden I was out of Long Beach Airport and, you know, I'd done so many flights there that that's your little airy space where you feel okay and you recognize the people's voices on, on the t- tower all of a sudden and now i'm just out in the real shit here right i'm fucking out there so i'm going 91 east and there's this airport fullerton and i remember i went by there and the call you were supposed to make is fullerton tower helicopter blah 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 
you know, 91 East uh, requesting, uh, whatever, requesting East, 91 East uh, transition. And I said, Fullerton traffic, uh, which is basically the call you make when you're just sort of not in anybody's airspace as far as an airport. You're just basically in echo airspace, general airspace. So you just say LA traffic, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, there's all these reporting points, Capitol Records building. So people know where the fuck you are, what altitude you're at, and which direction you're going. So that's when you say traffic. But I called the tower. You're supposed to say Fullerton Tower. And I said Fullerton. I'm like, Fullerton traffic, student pilot. Oh, fucking he's coming. <laughs> this guy. This fucking asshole. He starts yelling at I literally said student pilot. You know, you know I'm freaking out, right? And he goes, you don't say, he goes, this is a tower. You're calling a tower. You say Fullerton Tower. And I went, Fullerton traffic. And I just was, you know, I was like stuck. And he just kept yelling at me. And then he finally gave me clearance. <laughs> and that was like just to begin the flight. I'm like, God, fuck, right? Fucking it up, man. I'm yanking the collector fuck am I doing I'm talking to myself I kept looking at that empty goddamn seat next to me going like man if something happens I better fucking (laughs) I hope I know what I'm doing right so then you go 91 then it's kind of all right you just gotta there's some wires out there you just gotta make sure whatever altitude I forget what altitude you needed to be at but I made sure I was above that and if I saw wires I passed over the tower as opposed to where the wires are so you can see what you're flying over right doing all of that then you go by corona which is a uh, uncontrolled, there's no tower. So I was thinking, okay, that's great. So there'll be nobody to yell at me. I didn't realize that those fucking, you know, those un- uncontrolled ones is where a bunch of yahoos like me practice because they don't want to get yelled at by the guy down at Fullerton. So fortunately, there was nobody there, you know, zipping around, not on the fucking radio as they seem to love to do, as they seem to love to do, right? So... um I basically, uh, I fucking, uh, I don't know. So I went by there and I had to go over to Riverside. That's what it was. I had to go over to fucking Riverside. That was a controlled airport. And I went in there. Jesus Christ, I'm fucking dropping everything here. So I go in there and uh, I do that one fine. And then you got to take off and try desperately not to get lost. That was the thing, like trying not to get fucking lost when you come out of there to go back onto the 91 and not do whatever that 50-something or 15 north was. I remember that. And um, and then you made like this turn to the south, and I went all the way out to fucking French Valley. And I think that went all right. I believe that went up. Wait, long story short, I ended up fucking doing the flight fine. Um, I think when I left French Valley, I, 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 he wanted me to take off, which whatever I did, I kind of did wrong. And this guy had to do a fucking go around <laughs> in a plane, I believe. Yeah. I tell you, it was a rough one. Okay. So then I fucking, um, I ended up, uh, I, I get back and unless you have three hours on the Hobbs meter, which is basically the odometer, like, but for a helicopter or a plane, you had to log three hours time. And if you came back before that, You'd, you know, you'd have to do it again, which means not only do you have to do it again, you also have to pay to do it again, all the fuel and all of that shit. So they say, look, if you come back and you fly too fast and you come back, just fly the pattern, you know? So that's what I ended up doing. I, I came back and I was about 15 minutes early. So I can't, you know, I, oh, I went by Fullerton again and I went Fullerton traffic. And the guy's like, this is the same guy. It's Fullerton Tower. Fullerton Tower. You say Fullerton Tower. I'm like, student pilot. 
phone and <laughs> Holy shit. So he fucking... I get through his airspace and then I go to go down, you know, over to Long Beach. North Downey, approach. I asked for a pad assignment. Made the left turn into the downwind and then I fucking landed, you know, on one of the pads there. And then they used to have four pads. I think they're down to three. And, uh, and I just flew the pattern for like 15 minutes. And I just kept looking. I think it was like down between your legs is where the Pobs was on the Robinson. I can't remember. I just kept looking down going, fuck, I got to do it again. <laughs> I'd fly around. And then finally it flipped over. It was three hours. And I went, you know, you know, left traffic over to what, LA helicopters or Atlantic, whatever the fuck the call was. And I came around. I remember when I set that fucking thing. I'll never forget when I, when I pulled the mixture and the engine shut off. The fucking relief of like, oh my God, thank God I did it, right? You know, I shut it down, everything. I put the wheels on it. I dragged it back into the parking spot next to the, all the other 22s. And uh, I logged it, whatever. Talked to my instructor, blah, 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 blah. And I just remembered like for the next like three hours like I, I was in I don't I don't know what headspace I had to go into to be able to do that but I was sort of locked in it and people were talking to me and I weren't wasn't really listening to that and the only other time I've ever felt like that was after I did that show in Philly when I got booed by all of those people I just remember for like the next day just walking around New York and everybody I saw I was trying to like <laughs> think of an insult for them Oh, I had that feeling another time, too. I was playing, uh, what is that? What's the highest um, award you can win as a soldier? Medal of Honor. I was playing Medal of Honor, and I played it all day one day, and then I had to go out and go do my spots, and there was a lot of sniper shooting in that. And when I went out on the street, I was looking across the street at people, and that little X was forming on their heads. Um, anyway. So for the longest time, Fullerton bugged me. I, 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 um, I went into, uh, I soloed in there though last year and I kind of slayed that one. So then there's, there's another one that I, um, I'm not going to talk about until I actually, <laughs> until I go in there successfully. So anyway, um, there you go. So there you go. Okay. Old Billy becomes a sad sack every once in a while. You know, he has tough days and then he has his little hobbies that try to pull him out of it. Um, all right, so, you know what, so I actually saw something on Instagram, I know, hilarious, right, is that true or not, they were talking about for stress, if you breathe in through your nose, nice deep breath of air, and before you let it out, you do another quick inhale, and inflates all these other little areas of your lungs you don't use, and then your nice big exhale, you get this, all this carbon dioxide out of you, and it allegedly brings your stress level down, now, I've been doing that, and it feels like it works, but I can't tell if it's like, uh, what is that? Fucking uh, Vladimir Putin's dog, whatever the, Pladvatsky's dog. What's that fucking thing? I, if you go to a party, somebody's going to say it. One of those, exp you know, somebody's going to say, oh, it's like uh, Pavlov's dog. Oh, is it? Is that what it's like? Or is it like every fucking party you go to? Somebody always has to say that. Do they, Bill? No. Occasionally somebody says it and I never can fucking remember it. It makes me feel stupid. So now I'm lashing out against people I don't even know at parties I don't go to. All right, here's a live read for this week. Movement, everybody. MVMT. MVMT. Uh, you're missing that final piece to level up your life. 
Movement, MVMT is your new favorite watch brand. Uh, their small team of dreamers in Venice Beach, California, have perfect, perfected sleek, original, ultra-clean watch design. And for Valentine's Day, oh, shit, oh, shit, it's all about her, isn't it? Uh, they're going all in with a huge sale. So you can give the most thoughtful, tried-and-true, lasting gift a movement MVMT watch. Hey, ladies, why don't you do this for your guy? Get him a nice, stylish watch for a price that's right. Why don't you surprise him and get off your fucking tush and act like there's two people in the relationship, huh? Rather than him having to fucking whine you, you diner. Dice Clay, shout out. Uh, why MVMT watches? Makes a great gift. Uh, time is a beautiful and meaningful sentiment. Perfect for Valentine's Day. They'll see it and think of you every day. Also, perfect for Valentine's Day. Why, move, why a movement is a great watch. Fresh, modern designs by a team of weekend mavericks who know what it means to go from nine to five workdays to five to nine good times, baby, and every adventure in between. Comes with a little razor blade underneath it to cut your coke up with or fend off an attacker. Elegant, pre- <laughs> that doesn't come with that. Elegant, precise Japanese watch movements and industry leading. I'll tell you right now, when elegant, precise Japanese, the second I heard that, my buddy had an 81 Toyota Tercel, and to this fucking day, that is the smoothest shifting car I've ever driven in my life. All right? So they're making these watches now. And industry-leading materials from complex ceramics to sophisticated automatics, solar-powered dials uh, to upcycled ocean plastic cases. Upcycled ocean plastic cases. Oh, they're taking plastic out of the ocean to make cases. Wouldn't that be great if they just did that? You got to show these corporations there's money to be made. And then you wear it, and then you throw it out. It goes back in the ocean. That'll be the new f- our new farmland. Uh, meanwhile, the fish are breathing it in. Uh, the epitome of bang for your buck with huge value and style, your wrist and wallet will both love. Well, maybe in the future they'll be like, well, we don't want to have to go pay to get it from the ocean. Just bring it over to us. Shut up, Bill. All right. Uh, you've got the hookup with our friends at Movement, MVMT. Save on your best Valentine's Day gift ever with 20% off of MVMT. Michael, Victor, MichaelTango.com, and use code Bill Burr. That's MVMT.com, code Burr, for 20% off. All right, there you go. My podcast studio is fixed. It is back. Um, I am psyched about that. I am thankful for that. And um, I'm talking to my, my booker. Going to get some stand updates on the books. I'm ready to go out because I don't want to spend my days 1.30 in the afternoon in my slippers being Billy Sadsack here. All right? Enjoy the music picked out by the wonderful, extremely talented um, Andrew Themelis. And then we'll have a bonus episode of the Monday Morning Podcast. Uh, no, the Thursday afternoon just before Friday Monday Morning Podcast. That is all. Enjoy the Pro Bowl. He started the day with a mood and a shake. He was finally arranged.
Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, February 2nd, 2015. How you doing? How the fuck are you? Um, I know what you guys are all expecting. You guys are all expecting me for, to get on this fucking podcast and to start going absolutely fucking crazy because the New England Patriots won another fucking Super Bowl and beat the loudmouth green cunts from Seattle. You know what? There is nothing that I would love to do more than that. I would love to sit here and tell you that I enjoyed every fucking second of that goddamn game. But unfortunately, old Freckles missed the game. Every fucking second of that game I missed. And I know what you guys are thinking. Well, Jesus, Bill, were you kidnapped? Did somebody chloroform rag you? What the fuck happened? Um, what happened was, is I booked this fucking tour in Australia, New Zealand, Singapore. Uh, I hope this is recording. It's not going to be too loud. I'm doing it on my fucking iPhone because, uh, you know, because I'm in fucking New Zealand and I can't get any outlets to work and my batteries don't fucking work. I'm just having a technological nightmare. Anyways, you know, I booked this fucking tour back in November. How the hell did I know the Patriots were going to be in the goddamn Super Bowl? I didn't know, you know? I'm one of the few fucking football fans that actually admits that he had no fucking idea what his team was going to do this year. I had no idea, you know? Um, I can't fucking believe you won. I just landed. I was literally in the air the exact moment the fucking game started, and when I landed, it was fucking over. I missed absolutely everything. Uh, I'm obviously unbelievably psyched that we won. For a number of fucking reasons, aside from the obvious, you know, more so than fucking excited that we won. I'm just so happy that I didn't get have to watch Richard Sherman run into fucking Brady's face and disrespect the guy again. That whole fucking you mad bro thing. I just, I don't know. You know, you're running up to a champion. The guy's got three rings. You won a regular season game and you treat him like he's a fucking rookie. I mean, I don't know. I've never liked people that do that type of shit. I'm sure he's a hell of a guy to sit down and have a fucking cappuccino with. But I just, you know, all that mugging to the camera and shit. I've already seen the highlights where he did the 24 thing and all that. And I'm sure that's another thing that would have kind of ruined the Super Bowl for me. was every five seconds they got to cut over to him or his reaction. I hate when they do that to Tom Brady. Like if the other team scores and you got to see Tom Brady sitting there with that I'm mad look on his face. It's like I this... There's too much fucking coverage at this point. Having said all of that, um, I'm so it's this is this is the weird kind of like fucking excitement. Like the level of excitement I have right now is I, I guess I know what it feels like before the days of TV and radio. You know, where you just live in the middle of nowhere and someone walks up to you and like Ethel, did you hear? We won the war. Really? That's what I feel like right now. I got on a fucking plane. And, um, yeah, I missed the whole thing. And I was praying to God that they were going to have live TV because they had sports bars down here that had the fucking game on and everything. And, um, you know, I know what a lot of you guys were going to see. Well, why didn't you change your fucking flight? Um, because I am on the other side of the fucking world and I can't miss shows because of a fucking football game, be it the Super Bowl or not be the Super Bowl, okay? Would Tom Brady fucking cancel a flight to watch one of my specials? I don't think he would. You know, I don't want to get all Bronx tail on you right now, but I, I you know, I got a fucking life I got to lead here. So, um, 
Oh, my God. I can't believe I missed the fucking game. But uh, pardon me when I saw the ending and there was another fucking ridiculous catching the ball against your helmet and your ball bag catch. And it looked like we were going to lose again. I literally would have died a thousand deaths. I can tell you right now, I would have missed that interception because after that fucking catch, I would have been walking outside doing laps around my house like you got to be fucking kidding me. Um, But anyways, uh, I'm psyched that we won, obviously. And, um, you know, my condolences to Seattle Seahawks fans, the real ones, the ones from back in the Kingdom era, the ones that are still going to be in your fucking stadium after Pete Carroll's gone and everybody's fucking gone and you guys, you know, stink again the same way the Patriots will stink again when Belichick and Brady leave. Those, the real fucking fans, I feel bad for you. All you fucking loudmouth, shit-talking fucking cunts who wear those lime green wigs, you are the guys that I'm happy that you fucking suffered that loss. Go fuck yourselves with your stupid 12th man fucking shirts. Do you know I heard Seattle actually has to pay the college Texas A&M for that 12th man thing, that they didn't come up with that, you know, so they got to pay them. And not to mention the Buffalo Bills had a 12th man thing, you know, back in the early fucking 90s. I don't know. I'm just so fucking happy that we won. And that, uh, you know, who knows? I'm sure they'll fucking they'll measure the thread count in the fucking towels that we were using to dry the balls off with. I'm sure Jim Ursay is somewhere trying to figure out a fucking way to try to taint this fucking victory. I swear to Christ. Did you guys see that thing where the Atlanta Falcons maybe got busted for, for pumping extra crowd noise in? Did you happen to catch that story? I swear to God, if the Patriots did something like that, we would literally be sitting down in front of the fucking Senate. You know, that was another thing. Another reason why I was so fucking happy that we won, because I'm so fucking sick of winning games and these fucking cunts bitching about absolute horseshit at the end of the fucking game. I mean... Deflategate, deflategate, all of that fucking shit. And and nobody brings up how many people on the fucking Seattle Seahawks team have tested positive for steroids over the last four fucking years. Nobody brings up that Pete Carroll had a championship taken away from him for fucking cheating. And I got to tell you something. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck that Seattle used steroids. I'm sure we're fucking using them too. And whatever fucking Pete Carroll did... At the college level, I know there's a bunch of other coaches doing the same fucking thing. So, I don't know why people get cunty with us, but who gives a fuck? We won the goddamn thing, and I am literally sitting out here in the fucking abyss. That's like, I'm ridiculously excited. Like, this must be like what it's like to find out the Patriots won if you're sitting in fucking Walpole prison in, like, solitary confinement. I can't fucking believe I missed it. Jesus fucking Christ, I'm sitting there watching documentaries about cricket. (laughs) My fucking headphones won't work down here. Nothing's fucking working. Um, So anyways, if you called, if you fucking are listening this week to hear my blow-by-blow horseshit, you're not going to get it this week. So I suggest you listen to another podcast. But if you want to know what my fucking Australian tour is like in in the New Zealand, that's basically... uh, I guess what I'm going to be... I can't fucking believe. What are the fucking odds? What are the fucking odds that literally, from the time my flight started to when it ended, that was the exact time that the game was on? Um, I, I don't know anything about the game. I really don't. All I just know in the end is that Seattle was up by 10 points, and for some reason they're going to say that they lost the game. 
by not running Marshawn Lynch in. But uh, I would just say that if you were up 10 points with a quarter to go, there's more than one reason why you lost that fucking game. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's the worst call in Super Bowl history. I think it's going to be called that because it didn't work. You know what I mean? And uh, if it fucking works, then he's a genius. I mean, talk about guts. Everybody in the building is keying on Marshawn Lynch. And he dumped, you know, that that was going to be the fucking thing. I'm just so happy that the Patriots didn't lose another Super Bowl on some fucking circus catch. I swear to God. After the helmet catch. Well, I guess, you know, I didn't actually mind the fucking helmet catch. As much as I I, I was annoyed that Asante Samuel dropped that interception. Other than that, uh, the 2007 Super Bowl wasn't that bad because I felt that the Giants were a better team. The second Giant loss, that one was brutal because we fucking blew that game. Um, we fucking blew that game. We had the right call, and it was Brady to Welker. Eight-yard pass, wide open, and it bounces off his back fucking shoulder. That would have iced the game. That was a fucking brutal one. But uh, that first one, uh, we definitely lost. So, anyways, there you go. Another championship for Boston. How do you like that, New York City? Huh? Nine championships in like 12 seasons. What do you got, 58 fucking teams and you can't even do that? Yeah, it's a fucking unreal. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Why am I shitting on fucking New York? You know why I'm shitting on New York? Because my fucking team won the Super Bowl and I didn't even get to fucking see it. Unbelievable. Unfucking believable. So I guess I taped the game, so I'm going to have to watch it after I do gigs in New Zealand and then Singapore, Hong Kong. Mumbai, India, and then I go to New York for the Patrice O'Neill uh, benefit. Speaking of which, last night, but when it, when it, let me let me just finish here. Seriously, dude, my condolences to to uh, the Seattle Seahawks fans. I know I'm breaking your balls a little bit. There's nothing fucking worse than losing a goddamn Super Bowl and to lose it like that in the fucking end. I know it fucking blows, um, but you know, he just got fucking all that ex, extra fucking horseshit hype about you guys being loud. You know, it got a little annoying. So maybe I am being a little bit of a cunt. What are you going to do? Anyways, um, plowing ahead here. Uh, speaking of the Patrice O'Neill uh, comedy benefit that we're doing for the third time, um, which I want to thank everybody over the last three years who've, who've bought tickets because you've really you've changed people's lives that Patrice loved. All right? I'm not going to get into the details of it, but like, you know, this this charity's on the up and up, all right? Just know that. You know, we're not doing a show with a pink microphone. <laughs> um, this is so fucked up. People tweeted me so much shit about awful commercials during the Super Bowl, and I just had no idea. I literally, you know, I might as well have been orbiting the Earth in, in the fucking space shuttle. That, that's like how, how much, how little I know about whatever the fuck happened. Um, I do know that it looked like a hell of a game and, uh, you know, my heart said we were going to win. I had a feeling we were going to win, but my brain said that, uh, you know, on paper we were going to lose. And to be honest with you, before the game started, when I was thinking about it, I had no feeling one way or the other. Uh, I didn't have a bad feeling like we were going to win. I didn't have a good feeling. If we won by 40 or lost by 40, I, I... I don't think either would have surprised me. I just had no fucking idea on this one. So, um, anyways, I feel like I let you guys down because I was, you know, I'm doing this fucking goddamn tour and you wanted to hear me gloat and shit. But, 
you know, I'm not a guy, I'm not a guy who fucking gloats anyways. Come on. I break balls, but I don't fucking do that. I'm not going to fucking sit here and go act like I played the goddamn game. But, um, anyways, and as much as I don't like the way Richard Sherman acts when he fucking wins, that guy is one of the best corners in the fucking league. He is. And I wish he was on my team. Although I wouldn't like to watch that fucking dumb shit that he does. Um, so anyways, uh, like I said, speaking of the, uh, Patrice O'Neill benefit, um, Last night I was playing the uh, the Sydney Opera House, which is, was a ridiculous honor. Playing two shows there, and at the end of the show, somebody in the front row handed me a shirt that they made um, that had Patrice. I'll take a picture of it. It's fucking unreal. It has Patrice on the front, and then on the back is Patrice talking to me, and it's got Colin Quinn, uh, Keith Robinson, Jim Norton. Uh, who else? Robert Kelly's in it. It's the, the fucking shirt is unbelievable, and uh, the person in the front row just handed it to me as I was getting off this, you know, as I was getting off really quick. So I just grabbed it and I just, you know, I handed him my set list from the show, which I hope didn't come off as a douchey move. I was just kind of getting off stage there, and um, I didn't have a chance to look at, at it until I got backstage. Um, whoever you are that made that shirt, please try and reach out to me on Twitter or whatever, because. Uh, you know, I wish I could have thanked you um, personally for because it it's a fucking unbelievable uh, piece of work. I don't know how the hell you did it, and I wish you made more of them because um, I know all my friends would love one. It was just amazing. But um, anyways, I'm about a week into this tour of uh, Australia, and it has been... Uh, you know, I'm just thinking right now, I'm thinking of all the Patriots fans that are just fucking shutting it off right now, going, what the fuck, dude? I thought he was going to go off. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't see the game. Oh, goodness. Anyways, let me get back into the, you know what I did do this week? I, I saw some tennis. <laughs> Does that help you out at all this, sports fans? I um, I went to the Australian Open. I saw some tennis. I saw Maria Sharapova in the semis. And I saw uh, Serena Williams both win in the semis to play each other in the finals. And uh, if you've never been to a tennis match, this is so fucking funny to be doing this the day after a Super Bowl. I might as well be baking a pie right now. Um, if you've never been to a, uh, to a fucking tennis match, you know, just the level of wealth that is there like you know um you know what first of all the tickets weren't that hard to get like uh you know i just scalped a pair of them you know i'm not gonna lie you know they were like 300 bucks a whack but i'm like fuck it man you know it's 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 one of the majors i'll fucking you know bring it up on the card i'll deal with it later right fuck it and when you go there like the level of fucking wealth that's sitting around there and they smell it on you when you show up the second they see the fact that you're not wearing loafers with no socks on, they just look at you like you're a fucking animal. You know, you watch them getting all boozed up and shit. And I always get excited when I sit around those people. Just I just want to ask them, you know, shit like, you know, when's the dollar going to collapse? Like, what's the inside information that you fucking know? You know, those people, they, like they sit there, right? They have tickets for the whole day. We just had for the afternoon, right? And they're sitting there. And they got, they wear like the sweaters, you know, where you, you're not wearing it. You just have it draped over your shoulder. You don't, you don't have it tied around your neck. You just have it draped over. I think that's the new way to do it. And they're not doing it like ironically. 
Like they, they have a sweater for when it gets cold later when they're watching the tennis. <laughs> but anyways, we sat close enough um, and got, got to watch Serena right before she won the, uh, the 19th, her 19th championship. So I got to do that. I went to Bon Scott's grave when I was out in, uh, when I was out in Perth. And um, it was really cool. They had a little bench there because I guess Bond's mo- mother, for as, as far as I know, is still alive. She's well into her 90s and up until recently would go down and visit the grave every, almost every day, which, of course, is really sad. But they, so they, made, they raised some money and they made like a little bench for her and everything. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, if you ever get a chance to go to Australia, man, Perth, first of all, Perth is the shit. I talked to some woman when I was here in the States and she tried to tell me, you know, she was from Australia and she was shitting all over it, saying it like it was, you know, that it was fucking horrific or whatever. It's, uh, it's quite the opposite, man. Very impressive city. Seems like the kind of place where you'd, uh, vacation or something, man. Beautiful beaches. That was another thing cool, cool, uh, too, is we, uh, we went down to the beach one day and, uh, quit laughing. Fuck you. I know I'm pasty, but I had to do it, you know, um, and just to see the Indian Ocean, you know, never seen that. And uh, my wife, of course, went in the ocean because she fucking loves the ocean. And I sort of frolicked along the fucking <laughs> along the fucking beach. I just do not go. I went into the water just to say I've been in the fucking Indian Ocean. But I do not fuck with. I just don't fuck with the ocean on any level. And um but if I was going to fuck with it, I would go all in. Like I would get certified to scuba dive. And the next time I come here, I would go to the Great Barrier Reef. And I would do that before I would fucking just start, I don't know, swimming along the fucking coast. You know, like, I guess that the sharks come out in the morning. They, they're basically out when the seals are out. So you don't want to be out when the seals are out. I guess it's early morning and dusk or something. And... Um, they were telling me some fucking story where there was a helicopter following an 18-foot tiger shark, just keeping an eye on it to make sure it didn't go into the beach area. I mean, give me a fucking break. I'm not going in that goddamn water. You know what's funny about the Australians down here, too? When they talk about somebody getting attacked by a shark, they don't say he got attacked. They say he got taken. And I was like, yeah, there was a bloke got taken. I don't say bloke. I can't remember what the fuck they said. This would be like some dude got taken. About 20 miles up, they told this story. I don't even know if this is true, if they're just trying to scare a tourist. But they were saying this fucking guy was surfing. And he was, you know, not waiting for a wave. He was in the wave, riding the wave, I should say. And the fucking shark jumped out of the water and grabbed him. Like some shark NATO shit. Like, I mean, it jumped out of the fucking water. I thought you had to have, like, your arms hanging off the board. And then from underneath, you look like a seal. Sort of a strange shaped seal or whatever, but like if you're if you're fucking on the board at that point, if they're jumping out of the water, I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm saying, I don't fuck with the water. But I had a, uh, I really had a great time in Perth. Uh, my favorite beer out here is that Little Creatures, and uh, turns out they had a brewery, and I was able to go to the brewery. I could have taken the tour, but I, I don't understand going, taking a tour of a fucking brewery looking at the uh the distillery process all i look at is like the, the entire time i'm taking this tour I, I could be drinking your product fresh out of your fucking big silver whatever the fuck you call those things so uh i boozed it up there um went over to bond scott's grave like i mentioned and uh you know it's funny when you get there like people leave all 
it's kind of weird. People leave like all these, you know, bottles of booze there. It's like the guy kind of died from that, you know? I mean, do you, somebody overdoses on heroin, do you leave like fucking used needles there? It's, it's really weird. But um, I kind of felt bad when I showed up. Someone had, there was an empty Miller Genuine Draft bottle next to Bon Scott's grave. And the, uh, the ACDC, not only the ACDC fan in me, the beer lover in me wanted to take it away from the grave. But there was just something about removing something from that place just seemed a little uh, sacrilegious. So I, I refrained from doing that. But if you ever get to Perth, they have this own little entrance the little gateway and you come walk it says bon scott entry or something like that i took a, i'll have all the, the pictures up on uh, the podcast i i did uh retweet some of this shit but you walk in um very easy headstone to find and uh if you look down on the ground they have like a lightning bolt like the acdc lightning bolt in the pavement and then a, a, above it is like a looks like a record and then they had something else i forget what it was um, which is really cool. So it just sort of guides you right to it. And um, and then if you go over down onto the wa- the water where they have the uh, little creatures makes their beer and shit, a little bit further up from that, they have a statue of Bon Scott, which I think used to be in the graveyard, but they moved it because I guess back in the day he was a deckhand or a decky, as they call it down here in Australia. So they, uh, they put him down there on the water. And um, I don't know. It was really cool. And... Uh, where did I go from there? Then I went to Melbourne. I got there, and that was a. Uh, that's when I saw the Australian Open. Did a couple shows that night, and um, evidently some comics came out to see me throughout this tour. I'm glad I didn't know they were in the crowd. That would have made me fucking nervous. Um, and I've basically been putting together my new hour out here, watching this thing come together, getting my fucking stand-up shops back together again. It's been a fuck. Just been a great tour. I really want to thank everybody who came out. In um, you know, throughout my time here in uh, Australia, this has been a fucking incredible to come out here and play these big venues and be adding shows and stuff. Uh, oh, and then I did Brisbane and um, had a fucking uh, I don't know, had a, one of my best shows I had in Brisbane, and, and I, I got all, I got pictures of all this shit. Sorry, guys, I'm a little fucking jet lagged. I know this shit isn't funny. I'm just kind of going through my fucking tour here. I played City Hall there. It was one of the best looking theaters I ever played. Literally, you could shoot a fucking special there. It was phenomenal. Um, oh, here's a, I got a funny fucking story for you. All right, listen to this shit. So I'm going through fucking security. All right, and they have the reg- regular metal detector, and then they got the fucking X-ray one that I don't go through. I don't go through that fucking thing because I don't give a shit what they tell me. That thing is not good for you. I remember when it first fucking came out and people were opting out. And I remember people going like, oh, what's the big deal? You already talk on your cell phone. Like all that dumb shit that people say, you know. Um, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. So why don't I get extra radiation? You know, why don't I just add to it? Just make sure I get fucking cancer, right? And what did they say? They tried to say that the thing was totally fucking safe. And then what ends up happening? After a year and a half of radiating everybody in my country too much, they realized that they had the fucking thing turned up too high. And to this fucking day, when you go through one of those, if, they, if a kid's young enough, they, they fucking send them around. Because it fucking retards the puberty process or something like that. But I'm supposed to go through it? Go fuck yourself. So I always opt out. And I don't give a fuck about your opinion on this, by the way. I don't need to hear your fucking opinion. This is just my opinion. If you want to go through the fucking thing, more power to you. So I'm down here in Australia, and they got the regular one, 
and then they got the fucking the bad one. So every third person or whatever has to go through or whatever. So I come up and guess what? They want me to go through the other one. And, it, and I'm like, yeah, I'm opting out. And they're like, you can't opt out in Australia. So now I'm in this fucking thing where I'm challenging authority in a different country, which is always scary. But I just said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going through it. And the guy starts going like, oh, uh, he goes, do you mind if I ask you why? And I go, yeah, because I used to work in a dental office. And I took fucking x-rays and I put a lead vest over somebody before I fucking took an x-ray. And I got cancer in my family, so I don't want to go through it. And he goes, well, you can't opt out of here. Plus, the ones down here, he goes, this thing is, he goes, this thing only sees through your pockets. This fucking rent-a-cop, like he knows how this fucking thing works, right? Oh, it just sees through your pockets. Really? You fat fuck? What do you know about anything other than eating too many fucking donuts, you douche, right? So I say to the guy, I go, well, we had the one in the States. They had it turned up too high. He goes, this is a different one. I go, no, it isn't. I go, that's the same company. I'm not going through it. He goes, all right, well, then you have to stand over there. I'm like, fine. So the guy fucking makes me stand over there for like 10 minutes. Then this other fucking guy comes walking over, and he's got this little fucking... You know, like when the you know, like when you get your baseball team schedule or your hockey team schedule for the fucking year. He comes over with one with one of those. That's like four pages. Most of it is pictures. And he goes, "If you just want to read up on it," and I've just started laughing. Like, what that little kids book you have there that explains that complex fucking machine over there. And he goes, "No, it explains it." I go, "Who who explained it? The people who made that fucking thing?" I'm obviously not cursing at him, but. They just said you can't fucking opt out. It's a law down here. Now, if I had the fucking time and the wherewithal, the presence of mind during that conversation, I, I should have said, tell me what law it is. Tell me what fucking law that says I have to go through that fucking thing. Pat me down. We don't do that here. Well, you should fucking start. Fucking unreal. So then I ended up having to go through the goddamn thing. The guy was actually nice. He apologized for it. I just said, listen, man, I know it's not you. It's, this is what it always is. It's not you. You're just the guy here who has to tell me I have to fucking go through it. But the real cunts who are making money off it, who fly fucking private, who never have to go through that thing, don't have to worry about having their entire fucking head all the way down to their balls and their fucking toes radiated. So if there's anybody out there that has a fucking scientific background and can explain to me how something that can see through my fucking clothes is not, a, is not, a, uh, is not some sort of an x-ray. I mean, Jesus Christ, drinking Coca-Cola can give you cancer. You're telling me st standing in that fucking thing? Head to fucking toe, put your arms up. Oh, it just shoots beams at you. It's just looking at what's in your pockets. Oh, yeah? Is that why when I come out the other side, there's an entire image of me? I don't know. So whatever. So that was my fucking big goddamn moment. Fucking fat fuck. Make, making me stand there for life. It's another thing that they do, that passive-aggressive thing, is they make you stand there for fucking ten minutes. Trying to break your will, knowing that you're probably late for your flight. I fucking hate myself that I didn't say, you know what, let me, uh, let me see the fucking, uh, why don't you show me the goddamn fucking law there, I don't know, I'm sorry, I'm looking at all these people's tweets now saying, uh, hey bro, hope tour is going great, this is from like my friends here, hearing good things about your movie Black or White, some of my friends... Saw it, so did mom and dad, they liked it. Uh, nice, nice. Very nice. Hey, by the way, can you guys please go go check out Black Black or White if you got a chance this week? Uh, you know, it's a really big deal for me. Um, 
if you go and see it, I made a lot of friends in that movie, and uh, Kevin Costner uh, kind of put up his money for the whole fucking movie. He financed the thing. So uh, I'm not saying you have to go see it. I would really appreciate it if you did. All right? It's getting great reviews, by the way. All right? Now write all your negative shit you're going to say about it. I don't give a fuck. All right. Live reads. Here we go. Sherry's Berries, everybody. I'm reading this from down in New Zealand. Sherry's Berries. If she tells you she does not want anything for Valentine's Day, what she means is, is get me something for Valentine's Day. Don't you love how this fucking holiday is just so geared toward broads? I just don't understand this whole fucking holiday and like how it's just about them. What about their, when they express their love to us? Isn't there that there's some somewhere there's that fucking day and they completely blow it off because we don't give a fuck. The last thing we want them to do is to talk more to us, even if they're saying something nice. Anyways, I actually love this advertising and I, I totally endorse this. This is exactly what you should get. Throwing a stuffed bear too. There you go, sweetheart. And if she gives you shit, all you gotta say is, the fuck did you get me? You know? Exactly. Eat your strawberries, smell your flowers, and shut your face. And tonight you're cuddling with the bear because I'm sick of you. Um, get it done early before it's too late. Profilers makes it easy to check off the list. Even if you already have Valentine's Day plans, you still need flowers delivered. It's a must. When she says she does, when she says she doesn't need flowers, she means you better get me flowers. Boy, well, isn't that convenient? Is that what she means? People who sell flowers? How come it doesn't mean I want a fucking butter-basted uh, pork chop? All right, go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone in the top right-hand corner and type in Burr, B-U-R-R. That's proflowers.com. Click on the microphone and type in Burr, B-U-R-R. Order today. This deal expires Friday at midnight. All right. I'm sure I'll get some shit about those, but they don't understand that I know who you guys are. And that, that, that'll make you actually buy those fucking things. You know, Valentine's Day. What are you going to get her? What's going to happen? It's the stupidest fucking thing ever. My wife is cool as shit. You know what we do? I've told you this for years. We don't go out on Valentine's Day and we don't buy each other anything. We go out like three days after, a couple days before, when food costs what it's supposed to cost. We sit down, we have a nice meal. We shoot the shit and that's, that's fucking it. I don't go to CVS and buy fucking all that fucking confetti, whatever the fuck it is you're supposed to do. I don't know. I'm in such a cunty mood because I missed the Super Bowl. Can't fucking believe it. And we won. God damn it, we won. I'm so fucking psyched we won on not even winning. I'm just so psyched I don't have to hear it from Seattle fans. I'm so psyched I don't have to listen to another fucking goddamn story about how fucking loud they are. And that and nobody addressing that the stadium is built to make them louder than they really are. Ugh. Fucking drives me up the wall. But whatever. You know what? This is the first 24 hours. I'm sure Jim Ursay will figure out a way to say somehow we were cheating. All right. Let's get into the questions for this week, everybody. Um, wait, have I told all my fucking stories? I really don't have a lot of stories about here being down here in Australia, other than the people are unbelievably friendly. It's really relaxed. It's an, a ridiculously underrated place to go. And um, for tennis fans, if you want to go to a great city, and if you want to go to an unbelievable fucking venue, go go to the Australian Open and go into the Rod Labor fucking arena. I mean, I went to the U.S. Open like twice, like 10, 12 years ago. And it's a giant, it's for tennis, it's still a huge, it's a really big venue. And, you know, we were sitting up top and they were, you know, 
They were very far away. This, this venue, I swear to God, it felt like I was watching it with 600 other people. Like, you could hear everything. Like, Serena would throw the ball up. And if, you know, like when you throw it up and then you don't serve, you know, you just felt weird. You just grabbed the ball to serve again. You'd literally hear her go, sorry, sorry, sorry. I felt like I was at her house. <laughs> and she was playing in the backyard or something. It was amazing. And um, I would say that Melbourne is probably the, uh, like, if, if you're, I don't know. I would say that that's sort of the New York City of uh of australia i'm gonna get shit right now if i'm starting to try to compare so this is this is me knowing very little about their country but that seems like more like you know i don't know we're all like a lot of the just where all the shit is you know you know how spoiled new yorkers are since they grew up in new york everything is right there so when they go every place they think every place else sucks i've kind of noticed that melbourne people kind of think every place else sucks um but uh and I think Sydney is more like a touristy place. Both have their merit or whatever. It all depends on what age you are, which, whatever the fuck you're into. And um, Brisbane was the shit. I had a great time up there. Beautiful beaches. What do they got? The Gold Coast or some shit like that around there? I don't know much about it, but it was just a phenomenal place to visit. And I was actually uh, I was a little melancholy when I was leaving. And also, one of the great things is one, one comedian I actually started out with, Al Del Benny. I got to, uh, he married an Australian girl and uh, they relocated to Sydney, outside of Sydney about a year ago. And uh, he hit me up out of the blue, asked if he could come down and uh, hang out for the show. And he actually, I, I threw him on, he did about five, seven minutes before each show. And uh, it was great. Just hanging out with him, talking about the fucking old days, trying to figure out how the hell we became the old guys. Like, I saw a thing the other day, you know, saying, like, top 20 comics, new comics to watch. So, you know, I'm a fan of stand-up. I want to see who's coming up. And I probably knew, like, two of them. And um, and I was looking at them going, like, Jesus Christ, I've been doing stand-up since all of these people that they're showing were probably, like, anywhere from two years old to eight years old. So, starting to feel my fucking age here. Um, but anyways, I'm in New Zealand and I missed the Super Bowl, you know? If you're gonna miss a fucking Super Bowl flying to New Zealand, I gotta think is a pretty good. Gotta think it's a pretty good excuse. Um, gotta admit, being down here, not hearing any of the Super Bowl hype or any of that type of shit, I really fucking enjoyed it. Did not miss any of that. Any of the shit. Oh, did you hear so and so said this? Somebody said this. Blah 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 blah. Any of that fucking crap. Um, so fucking psyched I missed that. I'm not psyched I missed the goddamn game though. Um, anyways, Australian food. You know what's weird? I'll actually do a recap of the Super Bowl when I get back after like February. You know, when I'm back February, whatever the fuck I get back at, um, I'll watch the game. <laughs> and I'll do a special. I'll do a special podcast midweek. How about that? And I'll react to the game like it just happened. Ah, Jesus, Bill. Anyways, Australian food. Let's get to the uh, the questions here for this week. Um, Hey, Bill, I've never been to Australia. I've watched my fair share of Food Network, but I've never heard of authentic Australian cuisine. The whole shrimp on the Barbie thing has to be exaggerated, and I'm pretty sure the only people who drink Fosters are morons not living on that prison island. What's the meal you've had so far? Uh, what's the best meal you've had so far, and can you give me some insight as to what you think, uh, as to what they're known for down under? Down under. Thanks and go fuck yourself. Dude, I have to be honest with you. I am barnstorming across this part of the world. 
I land, I do a show, and then I go to the airport. Um, occasionally, like today, I landed in New Zealand, and I have tonight to go out and grab a quick drink. And then tomorrow, um, I have to do the show. Um, I've been doing a lot of press when I've been over here. I haven't really seen or done shit. Um, I've drank a lot. What are they known for? I don't know. The food over here is great. The seafood's obviously tremendous. You know what they're really known for over here? I think they're known for their beaches. Um, beautiful people, man. Women over here are fucking... Uh, over in, I should, not over here anymore. I'm in New Zealand. But they're fucking gorgeous. But as far as the food was the best thing I've had, uh, I got to tell you something, man. I've had some french fries at Chips down here. Ordered room service. This one fucking hotel is one of the best order of french fries I've ever fucking had. That's the only thing that I can think of that's, that has stood out. Other than that, everything, the food has been great. Um, but, I mean, I haven't had any fucking kangaroo or any shit like that. I don't know. I have no idea. Sorry, man. Um, can you guys tell how fucking jet-lagged I am? I really apologize for this fucking podcast so far. Um, El Camino-looking cars in Perth. Okay. Hey, Bill, on last week's podcast, you said you saw two guys in El Camino-looking cars driving like assholes in Perth. Um, I didn't say assholes. I said driving like people who have El Caminos. Um, in Australia, we have cars that we call utes, and they are similar to the American pickup, but more like a normal sedan. Basically, they are mostly a, a unibody-like car rather than a body-on-frame like a pickup. Do you know somebody tried to tell me that the pickup was invented by a woman here in uh over in Australia that they used to have what what they used to have like these vans sort of looking what the hell do you used to call those things oh god my brain is mush this week um what were those fucking things called it begins with a P those vans from like the 1950s but they had they had pickups in the 1930s I don't know whatever they had more like a van type thing and this woman got sick of fucking backing her up and having to like open the doors and throw hay in the back and she just cut the top off of it. And somebody, I guess, from the States was over here and saw it. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right to me. It doesn't make any fucking sense. But somebody tried to claim that they came up with them over there. Anyways, our division of General Motors is called Holden. And they make the Commodore, which is the current Camaro, uh, which the current Camaro is based on and you can get in the U.S. as a Chevy SS. Wait a minute. Our Camaro is based on yours or your, your shit's based on our shit. Okay, don't get it twisted, buddy. We came up with the fucking car. We invented the goddamn car. All right? Didn't we? I have no idea who invented the fucking car. We flew first, didn't we? Other than those French guys who said they flew first? How the fuck would we know what you were doing back then? We'd have to take a fucking ship. Um, well, actually, the Camaro was the 60s. I don't know. I actually took a picture of a couple of... Uh, some muscle cars over here, man. It's cool because they almost look like ours, but they're not. But they still look badass. And I actually found a sleeper. This fucking uh, mustard-colored wagon, man. The thing was badass. Uh, I'll also try and post that, that photo. Let me finish reading this thing. Also, Ford Australia builds the Falcon. Uh, parentheses. The Interceptor from Mad Max was an XB Falcon, uh, which can also be bought as a Ute. We have both these cars in Australia for well over 30 years, but unfortunately they will no longer be built here anymore after 2017. Also, douchebags love clapped-out Commodores to hoon about in case they are cheap and pretty quick. There's some Aussie slang for you. I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about. Bragging about Commodores? 
Uh, I know you're a Ford guy, so you should really check out some of the Aussieville Falcons throughout the years. Yeah, I actually did that. I looked up and uh, checked them out. I was surprised how much longer you guys built the Falcon. I actually saw a late model Falcon that looked like a fucking Ford Taurus station wagon when I was outside that little creature's beer place. Um, he goes on to say, and also, if you have some spare time, you should check out the V8 supercars. It's like Australian uh, NASCAR, but they race on a road course. You know what's funny? I actually mentioned the Corvette one night when I was on stage out here. That I, I, I love the Corvette, and I was thinking about getting one. And people had no idea what a Corvette was, at least the new one. You know? They know what, I guess, some of the old ones are. And I started just sort of looking for Corvettes when I was in Australia. Not a one. Not a one. So you know what? If I lived down under, you know what I would get? I'd get that new Corvette Z06, have it fucking shipped over here. You'd be the only one on your block. Right? And I'd go fucking drive around and scare some fucking kangaroos. All right. Australian woman. Bill, I have a couple friends who studied abroad in Australia. They, they all say that women down, down there are unreal. What are your thoughts? To make it fair... Because you're with the lovely Nia, uh, you or she can comment about the men as well. <sighs> Fucking hilarious. Uh, no, good-looking people. Tall, blonde. Um, it's weird. Their eyes, though. Their eyes, are, they have Aussie eyes. It's weird. It's somewhere between white guy eyes and Asian eyes. You know, like John Denver. <laughs> That's what I would say. Oh, shit. That's what they got. They got John Denver eyes with blonde hair. Uh, tan people, uh, really good looking fucking, you know, tall, blonde and tan. There you go. I mean, I don't know what Hitler's feelings were about Australia, but I think he would have loved it. You know, if he, if he just, he's such a fucking moron, that Hitler, you know, why didn't he just fucking take his easel, travel abroad? He would have been interesting. He would have had a fucking, he would have had an accent. He could have come down here, got himself some tall drink of fucking water, painted the beautiful beaches. Could have lived out a nice, quiet fucking life, right? But no, he had to go for the glory. He wanted to get into showbiz, didn't he? Uh, response to army guy from last week, considering marrying girlfriend to get her out of the UK. All right, this is, okay, this is this guy last week who was talking about, uh, you know, he was, he was joined the fucking, some branch of the U.S. Armed Services and he was stationed over in England. And the only way he could get his beautiful, perfect girlfriend over to meet him is uh, to live over there was if he fucking married her. So this is what this guy, this is the guy's response here. Hey, Burnout, uh, on the 126 podcast, there was a guy, you call him me? Oh, Burn, B-U-R-R. And I think he was talking about the guy who's going to get married. All right. Hey, Burnout, on the January 26th podcast, there was a guy who was worried about getting married in order to get his girlfriend to come to Europe with him. My advice, get legally married but don't have the ceremony. If you just need some documentation to show you are married, this is a great way to avoid the added stress. If you explain that you love her and you want her to be with you, but you're not ready for marriage, she will likely understand. Explain that you still have a regular wedding later if you decide to make the emotional commitment. Also, the issue of getting a prenup can be brought up to make you feel more secure without her thinking it's a trust issue. Wait a minute, what are you saying? Get legally married, but don't have the ceremony. So you're already married then. If you're legally married, doesn't he need to get the fucking prenup? 
I'll continue reading here. I was in the reverse situation when I wa- when I wanted to get married to my girlfriend. She had student loans that would get much more expensive if she was married. So we had the ceremony without the legal contract. We were contact connected without the added cost. Um, later, when she needed health insurance, we went to the JP and got her on the insurance. Just separate the legal marriage from the emotional one until you're ready uh, for the commitments they entail. Thanks and go fuck yourself. Yeah, but then if you're not emotionally ready to get married and then you get married to somebody legally and then you decide later that you don't want to be married to them, then you're, then you're fucked. And there's no way to bring up a fucking prenup without the other person going like, so just exactly when are you thinking of tapping out? Believe me. Um, all right. Princess or just a lady? All right, what do we got here? Uh, Bill, I'm a sweet guy, so hang, so hang out with this girl. What? Bill, I'm a sweet guy, so when I hang out with this girl, I often try to be nice towards her, either with compliments or little acts. For example, sometimes when we're just watching a movie, I'll look at her until she sees me staring and then say she looks beautiful. Yeah, I'm sure that's not creepy at all. You may be gagging right now, but hey, go fuck yourself. I care about her. The problem is not that problem is not that she loves when i do that the problem is my gift giving a few times now i've walked off campus a short way to pick up her favorite dish from her favorite restaurant the first time was because she was busy with homework and missed dinner so i wanted to surprise her and the other was when we were going to hang out around lunchtime in her dorm i got us both something i got us both something then i've also gone to the store when she told me one night how she wished how she wished she had this one type of cereal. Oh Jesus. Gee, I wish I had this one type of cereal. And then you go fucking running down the street like fucking Mr. McFeely. Speedy McFeely. Uh how she needed uh, some type of cereal and how she needed to go to the store for milk and coffee creamer. While I've only spent like thirty dollars total on her over the past month, my friends warn me it's either going to get excessive or lose its special touch. I wonder if that's true and what should I do, Bill? Thanks and have a great day. Uh, just kidding. Go fuck yourself. P.S. She's not a manipulative bitch. Uh, she's gotten actually upset that I went all out of my way to get her these things and she told me how she feels very grateful but kind of bad about it. Um, all right. Well, first of all, I didn't say she, I would never say that she was a bitch. I don't know her. But all women are unbelievably manipulative. They have to be because they can't physically beat the fuck out of us unless they're like, you know, taking that UFC shit, then that's just game, set, and match. Because they could already beat you mentally. Women can always beat a guy mentally because they fucking work on that. That's all they work on. You know what I mean? They're like a boxer, you know, standing up, just throwing punches. And what do you, as a guy, you got to learn how to fight. You got to do all this other fucking shit. And you just become a jack of all trades, master and none. Okay? So they fucking do that mental shit their entire goddamn life. And then they go down to a dojo. Like, can you imagine trying to fucking debate a point with, with Ronda Rousey? How, fu- how many, on how many levels it would be fucking over as a guy? She could beat you mentally, because she's a woman, so she's gonna be fucking, she's just gonna weigh you down. It's gonna be over. Or, if she decides, or you decide to say something stupid to her, she could then beat the fuck out of you. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you say there. That's like the ultimate fucking debate, I would say. As a guy trying to beat a woman in an argument that also holds a UFC belt. <laughs> oh my God. 
Jesus Christ, how many times would you have to get your fucking ass kicked mentally and physically before you even found a weakness? And that would just be fucking brutal. Anyways, going back to this. Uh, first of all, dude, I don't know what the fuck you're doing here. You should never hang out with a girl that you like. All right? You got to get it on some sort of let's, I want to take you out. You're going to ask this fucking woman out? You're just going to stare at her and just say she looks beautiful and then run down the street and get her some food? That's not going to get you where you want to be. Okay? Um, You've been hanging for a month. You're acting like her personal butler and she hasn't said anything like she wants to fucking get with you. I mean, I don't know. I I feel like the window of opportunity is closing. Because pretty soon it's going to be weird if you fucking ask her out. Um, I don't want to crush your dreams here. I don't even know what your question is. It says princess or just a lady. What did you say? Uh, well, do oh, do I think it's going to be excessive? Yeah, I think you're going to be. She's either going to use you, which you said she's not like that, or I think you're just going to become annoying, or she's just going to treat you as a friend. And women don't have a problem looking at you just as like a friend. So then, when someday you go to ask her out or try to kiss her or something, you're really going to weird her out, and the whole thing's going to get fucked up. So. Um, I don't know. You know, at some point when she goes, you know, I wish I had some cereal. It's like, well, you know, there's a 24-hour store down the street. Why don't you get me some Cocoa Puffs while you're at it? And you know something? As rude as that sounds, for some reason, I don't know. They respect it on some level that, like, the, I don't know. Most women, they, they just don't want some guy that's just like, oh, my God, you're beautiful. Can I buy you stuff? As much as they think they want that, they just they just look at you like you're pathetic. Probably because they know on some level that they're fucked in the head. And the fact that you can't see it, you don't see any flaws. They just, they look at you like, this guy's got, he just, his judgment stinks. This is the guy that I'm going to attach my fucking wagon to. Somebody with no goddamn judgment who can't read people. And like somehow he's going to bring home the bacon. Fry it up in the fucking pan. I don't think he's going to do it. So what I would say, dude, is, uh, yeah, I'd stop being her food bitch. All right, if she wants cereal, she should go get it her fucking self. And I um, almost think you need to back it off, and then you got to lay it on the line. That's what you got to do. Back off, stop buying your shit, stop fucking hanging out with them. When you run into her, just say, listen, what's the deal with us? Okay, because I don't want to just be friends. I like you. I would like to take you out, and I would like to date you. That's, what, that's the direction I want to go on. All right? I don't want to fucking hang out with you and go buy your s'mores. Even though that's what the fuck I was doing. That's the old me. This is the new me. You see me right now? Look at me. I'm grabbing my dick right now. Okay? Because it's mine. Would you care for some? You know, just something like that. Sorry. All right. Dollar Shave Club, everybody. Can someone please tell me when razors got so goddamn expensive? Huh? What is the deal, people? Have I been asleep for 20 years? I was in the store the other day and one pack of razors cost 20 bucks. One pack. That is insane. But hey, sometimes when you buy those razors, you also get a free you also get a free gift, uh, which is actually a punch in the dick. All right, don't get beat up with ridiculous razor prices. Get your shave gear where I get mine. Go to DollarShaveClub.com, everybody. For a few bucks a month, DollarShaveClub.com delivers amazing razors and other great grooming supplies like Dr. Kavi's Easy Shave Butter. Um, right to my doorstep. Their plan starts at just three dollars a month. Here's how it works. They send me, they sent me the handle for free, and every month they sent me replacement blades. It's one less thing to worry about. 
You can get deliveries every month or every other month. They've got lots of grooming supplies too. You know that I love the one wipe chalice. I've never used them. I just think it's fucking hilarious. And I love, you know, I almost said I love the shit talking of one wipe Charlie's. Really? I got to try some of those. Just fuck, you know. That's disgusting that you guys just have to envision me trying some of those. I'm like taking a test. Like I'll take a shit with a lab coat on and then just go one, one wipe, right? God damn it, they did it. Uh, why pay $20 for a razor when you can get a fantastic shave from dollarshaveclub.com for a fraction of the price? Stop getting smacked around by ra- high razor prices. Dollarshaveclub.com razors are great and they are a fraction of the price. Trust me, you wish that you had done it sooner. Don't be a dumbass. Shave smarter. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash burr. Dollarshaveclub.com slash burr. All right. Lastly, but certainly not leastly. Oh, I got two more here. The National Academy of Sports Medicine. They're here. New Year's resolutions. Everyone's got one. Get in shape. Be healthier. Get a new job. Become a certified personal trainer with the National Academy of Sports Medicine, and you can do all three. The fitness industry is booming, and the demand for personal trainers is soaring. Imagine waking up every day excited to get to work. Not to a job, but a rewarding career. Getting paid to stay in shape while helping others uh, reach their fitness goals. You'll set your own hours, work in health clubs, sports clinics, and corporate wellness, and you'll love who you work with. Finally, do what you truly enjoy and get paid for it. Get a head start on 2015 and begin your certification with the National Academy of Sports Medicine now. If you don't land a job as a personal trainer within 60 days of certification, they'll give you your money back guaranteed. Go to myusatrainer.com for free, excuse me, for a free 14-day sneak peek of their fast and fun online program. That's myustrainer.com, myusatrainer.com. Restrictions apply. Visit myusatrainer.com for details. LegalZoom.com, everybody. Uh, What's your New Year's resolution? Jesus Christ, we're doing this again? If you're like me, it's getting your life organized. Stop speaking for me. My New Year's resolution is to stop losing my shit. Okay, legal zoom. Anyways, but I'm sure somebody's is to get organized. Where do you begin? A great place to start is protecting your family. And a great way to take control of your family's future is with a will or living trust. That's where LegalZoom can help. There's no easier way to get to make sure your family is legally taken care of. Getting your life organized also means taking control of your financial affairs. So, if you're thinking of starting a business or if you already have one, LegalZoom can help you form your business and provide the support you need to run it successfully. For more than 10 years, LegalZoom has helped millions of people get personalized the personalized attention that they need. And if you'd like more help, they can connect you with an independent attorney in most states, but they are not a law firm. This month, you can save even more by entering Burr, B-U-R-R, in the referral box at checkout. That's promo code Burr, B-U-R-R. Don't let another year pass. Uh, pass you by before getting your life organized. For legal help you can count on your that you can count on for your family or small business, go to LegalZoom.com, promo code BURR, B-U-R-R. All right, there you go. Mercifully, the advertising is done for the fucking day. Um, what do we got left here? I think I read, I, God damn it, I read all the fucking questions for the week. Right at 59, look at that. Um, once again, congratulations to the New England Patriots. That's the podcast for this week. 
you know, beyond being a fan, I'm really happy for uh, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, uh, Gronk to get his first one, the defense and all those guys to get their fucking rings. It's just, it's just awesome. And, uh, you know, who's kidding who? If Tom lost this fucking one, then he'd be three and three and all the fucking jerk offs would be saying a bunch of shit about him. And to be honest, this is six Super Bowls in a row. This guy drove from behind for the winning fucking touchdown. It ain't his fault. Well, actually, no, I can't say that the last one. That throw to Welker, I don't know. I don't know who to blame on that one. But um, five out of six, this guy's always doing the fucking deed. So it's so psyched that the defense finally stepped up. And I don't even know the name of the guy that picked off the ball. I never even fucking heard of him. I read his name. I had no idea. So uh, anyways, my apology to the sports fans that listen to this fucking podcast because... uh, I did not see the goddamn game. I can't fucking believe it. Um, But anyways, I'm looking forward to my time down here in New Zealand. I'm working Auckland tomorrow night, and I'm working uh, Wellington. And then I go... Then I go to fucking Southeast Asia, man. Can you fucking believe that? I'm going to be going to Asia. And I already had an, an amazing interview as far as, like, just talking to this guy from Hong Kong. And uh, I'm really looking forward to meeting comics in Singapore, Hong Kong, and India just to hear their, you know, because the scenes are so new over there and that type of stuff. It's fucking ridiculous. You know, I did a podcast this week out of India. These guys, two guys called me up, right? Fucking hilarious guy. I think India is going to be fucking hilarious because Indian people seem like my favorite kind of comic where nothing I like better than somebody who's really smart, but they're fucking silly. And these guys in this podcast were like that as they tried to trick me to get in talking about the fucking government um, when they didn't have the fucking balls to or whatever. They, they weren't going to do it. They tried to get me in trouble over there, man. It was fucking hilarious. When I called them out on it, they fucking laughed their asses off. It was like it was like talking to fucking Rich Voss or some shit from uh, over there, man, that same kind of ball busting. So I'm just really looking forward to... Uh, to that i think it's going to be life-changing and uh and then once again when i after i'm done with this this whirlwind tour here i fly from india over to dubai connect in dubai and then i go to new york so i will literally have flown around the world which is an unbelievable uh privilege to be able to do that so i really want to take the time to thank everybody who sent me emails telling me to come over to these places because uh it's definitely a life-changing experience and um you know i ran into a bunch of indian comics at the laugh factory maybe like four years ago or something three years ago i can't even tell at this point and they actually you know knew what my knew my stuff and said that there was people over there that would come see the show and that's all i need to say and i'll fucking figure out a way to get over there and uh, i actually when i did that podcast like they were talking about you know they asked me about the philly thing when i got booed i was like you fucking guys saw that over there they're like yeah you know we do comedy you know we fucking watch the shit so it's uh pretty humbling man so i'm looking forward to it gonna get some dumplings in hong kong i'm gonna get some fucking you know it's funny i i'm gonna ask the people in india where should i go eat and i was just thinking they're probably sick of indian food you know they're probably gonna take me to a sushi joint or something like that because you know I want to go over there and get some fucking the best Indian food I ever had. So hopefully that's where they're going to take me. But uh, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, a lot more shows to do, a lot more whiskey to drink. And, uh, oh, dude, do you know they don't fucking have any cigar bars in Australia? 
That's what this fucking guy told me. And when you go to buy the Cuban cigars, I made a video. I got to show you this, like how fucking hardcore they are. I bought a Cuban cigar and I had to sit outside like a fucking animal smoking this thing outside. Like I smoked a cigar the way Paul Verzi smokes a cigar, standing out in the street next to a trash can. <laughs> um, anyways, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. That's it. Congratulations to the Patriots. And seriously, I'm not joking. Condolences to the Seattle Seahawks fans. I know what the fuck that feels like. To uh, have a crushing goddamn defeat. But uh, you'll be back next year. You know, you got a fucking great team and a fucking organization. And I don't give a fuck that your stadium makes you louder and that some of your players did roids. I don't give a fuck about that shit because everybody's fucking doing that shit. All right? He's walking along with his soul in his lungs. You stare at him.